Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with his good friend and content creator, Matt, the Lumberjack Landlord. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. It's been a fun day so far. We talked about a lot of fun, important stuff for landlords. Absolutely. Well, this yeah. is going to be an important one for both new investors and people in the game and folks that have been at it for a while like us. And that is really, how do we stay motivated? And I want to break this into two branches. I want to go back to the beginning when your dollar menu was your reward, right? Remember those days way back when. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so let's go back there first. Yeah. You know, let's rewind the clock. It's 2010, 11, 12, whatever it is. Uh, you've got a couple of units. It's hard. You know, it's tenants hard. aren't paying. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're working 12 hour days at your day job and doing this on the side. You have no, you have probably don't have any certainty that this is going to work out because you're still in the very beginning and it, it might even feel like it's slipping away. Yes. How did you stay motivated and keep getting up every day? Because it would have been easy to lay down and give up. Um, you got to get off off the mat. Like, that's just the way it goes. Like, otherwise you're dead. Like, that's the true story. If I didn't do work that day and I didn't get in a position to sell more software or find a way to cut cost or find a way to get a tenant out that wasn't paying or find, if I wasn't doing that actively on the daily, it would have just imploded. And I would have been financially ruined. It's just that simple. And you know what? I have the utmost confidence. I would have declared bankruptcy, gone upside down, lost my shirt, everything, all the horrible things that happened. And I'd still be a millionaire today because I would have found a way back because that's just the personality type, right? Is it's Mm -hmm. just, you keep on driving, you keep on pushing. So yeah, I mean, the motivation there was um, be able to not be homeless. That was the motivation. That's a pretty big motivator. Yeah. Like, that's why it was, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was calling accounts. I mean, I was a territory manager in the States mm-hmm. and um, kind of Northeast. And I just, I, I asked the director, I said, hey, listen, there's a bunch of unclaimed accounts, West Coast and, and further. Can I, can I call into, you're you cool if I call into those? He's like, yeah, sure. They're not, they're unnamed. Go for it. I tried to do everything I could to sell into unnamed accounts and grow a bigger territory. Mm. Thankfully, a year and a half later, I was rewarded by them taking that territory and giving it to somebody. <laughs> Thank you for growing. <laughs> now, that now the seeds are growing and somebody else's. What's that? We have a lot of revenue coming out of that patch. We should probably put a rep in there. Probably. I built it, jackass. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, but that's life, right? So for us, it was, it was every man on, like I was, Ashley was also going through college. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so I didn't I, have an option. So, I know what it was for me and I'll answer it after. So I don't sway your response yeah. um, for me. Was it the fear of failure or was it the, you know, you saw some, you know, on high better life in the future, clearly. Right. It's kind of, was there one of them or. I think it was. So I think it was, I think it was more fear-based than pleasure-based. Yeah. It was more fear-based. So as you get, 
as you get deeper into the journey, as it gets easier, it becomes far more pleasure-based and less fear-based. I, I hope people get that. It was the exact same for me. In the beginning, I, you know, I came to real estate after suffering a horrible loss, right? Yeah. 80%. Mm-hmm. I could not let that happen again. I carried that rock for a decade. Yeah. It yeah. was all fear-based. Yeah. All fear-based, right? We whacked expenses, all fear-based. We, we, you know, we took my one Saturday and we drove five hours to look at one. Fr- Can you imagine driving two oh. and a half hours, Mm-mm. look at a house for 10 minutes and then drive two and a half hours back? I did that yeah. repeatedly. And um, it was all fear-based. It did become, I want to say... Once I looked up, because again, right, I'm just a grinder, head down, one step in front of the other. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't think I really looked up and really started to pivot to pleasure-based, as you're saying, until we started getting private money, right? So so we're buying, we did some 1031s, we got commercial financing, the market rolls over, we start buying from a hard money lender, which is freaking expensive, 12.12%, three points. 65% 65% of purchase, not value. It's just like stunted our growth. And then because of bigger pockets, because of an old web, website called wealthbuildingpro.com, which I was just writing to kill time, we started borrowing millions and millions of dollars. And once I realized that people wanted to support what we were doing and get paid for it, and we were adding units once a month or every three weeks, I was like, ah, oh. hmm. This is pretty cool. But that was after like nine years, probably maybe 10. I mean, we, yeah, we never really got to that. We were always dealing with banks. And yeah. so we all know how much fun that is, yeah, um, you know? So we were always dealing with banks. And I think for us, we were much further behind from the perspective that everything that, you know, necessity was the mother of invention. So we were having to move into all of our apartments. I remember the mm, first, yeah. I remember the first building that we bought that I didn't have to live in. <laughs> that's, that's, you still remember. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, wow, we don't have to, we don't have to move into this. And <laughs> it was in that's 2000. Awesome. Yeah. It was like 2009 or 2010. So it was after the crash. Mm. And it was a building that I bought for $55,000. Wow. A building. So multiple units. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was 2,700 square feet of commercial space on the first floor with two parking lots. Oh, wow. And it had a two bedroom apartment upstairs. What is that? What is it today? You still own it today? It's worth like, oh yeah. Yeah. I still own that building today. It's worth like 380 grand. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no, it's no Bitcoin, but it's pretty damn close. No. That's so that's the crazy thing is it's like, that building, even, even though that building's worth that now, I have uh, a part ownership in, you know, the, essentially the cabinet company that's in there. Mm-hmm. So I get my cabinets at cost. Mm-hmm. I get the guy to come out and measure them the day after I ask for it. I don't deal with all the same. Like I tell people flat out. Yeah. I mean, I, I can do a kitchen for six grand and it's wow. granite countertops. There's a reason I can do it for that. And so it was just about a matter of building the business and the apartment. The funny thing was, is the um, apartment upstairs that covered taxes, insurance. I mean, just that apartment covered that. And so I could really make investment into that guy that says, I want to do a cabinet shop. And I'm like, okay, I will give you the world's most ridiculous rent just so long as I get all my stuff at cost. Right. 
So yeah, it's just one of those things where, but yeah, I remember buying that building and that was the first building that I bought that I didn't have to move into. Yeah. So let's talk about that pivot. Cause I, I didn't know where this conversation was going. So the yeah. beginning of our journey, at least for me, 100% fear-based. Yeah. I yeah. now can think of uh, when it changed. I haven't been fear-based in, I don't know. 10 years. Yeah, probably. Yeah. About the same. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, kind of uh, when we started to come out of it in 2012, you know, when it was like, okay, I think things just moved up a little bit. Like we got through the 3 million a year foreclosures. Yeah, exactly. We were starting to see real, you know, we were starting to see, you know, 90% of what sold wasn't a foreclosure. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. There was right? a time in my market where yeah, 95% plus a couple of months were all either short sales or foreclosures. It was Correct. Crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. The other thing, right. The other thing that's, uh, I now know kind of, again, fear is not part of the equation anymore is I've, I've learned I can do other things. Sure. I, I never flipped a home mm -hmm. and right? I flipped one by accident that I wrote about in my book. It was purely an accident, right? The sure. government did something and gave me 50 grand. So I took it. Um, but I flipped 53 properties yeah. uh, two and a half years after I retired and made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, so I know, I know values. And I created something from scratch, right? I did this whole pride of ownership rental. So I bought dumps, did my little special song and dance and sold them for reasonable prices. Uh -huh. um, so I, I, it's, I guess I've learned that, yes, I know values. Yes, I can do this. And I've been through multiple <laughs> cycles. So, right. I think what you do is you build, um, at least for me, I think I built belief that I can handle what's coming. Sure. So I don't know. It's, well, it's, I think, you know, the thing that we all have to know in, in any business, mm -hmm. you have to be ready to pivot. Be watching things, be trending things. And when Charlie Munger says, don't be diversified, if you're diversified, you're an idiot. Yeah. Generally speaking, I kind of agree with him. Like, no, I, 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 I wasn't I could, diversified for the first 10 or 15 years. Exactly. Like yeah. for me, if I could own nothing but duplexes, I would. The problem is, is that now, you know, in looking at these markets, now those duplexes are getting extremely, not even overpriced, but they're catching up to value. Yeah. You know, when a $400,000, you know, 1970s vintage house, 400,000, 420,000, but the duplex is going for 520,000 and the rents are only about 10% off, mm. the duplex has far better value. Of course. So the duplexes now they're running into the sixes and mm. low sevens. Oh, wow. A lot of these I bought in 10, 11, 12, and I bought them for 180, 190, 200 grand. So yeah. they're three, four X, which is great, but I'm not selling mm -hmm. because the rents have raised even faster. Exactly. The rents on those units are 3000 aside. Mm -hmm. It's 6,000 bucks a month. And on a three, seven, five mortgage, even with taxes and insurance, you're still on a 20% return. Yeah. So now it's slowed down because now I'm looking at a six mm -hmm. handle. Yep. And they, they don't return 20%. They're returning eight, nine, 10. Yeah. So you just, you, you just stamp, you just stay pat, stamp yeah. pat. Yeah. I'm, 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 hey, still watching the market every day. Every day, you have there's to. There's one just... that pop, yeah, there's one that popped on this morning that I might, I might go look at. It's a little bit of a project, but there's a value add there. But to your point with the flips and stuff like that, flips broke break my heart. I do, I get the work done because I, can, you know, because I'm in there, so I'm getting the work done. I see the work. I know that we're doing it right. I know we're giving something quality. And so, because you're then a part of it, like you helped bring it back 
then it's like, I don't want to sell this because I know that there's crap selling on the market for the same price. Yeah. You know, here's the deal, right? So let's just say I made a million bucks flipping 53 homes. I should have kept them all. I was going to say, I bet you wish you kept them all. I wish I kept them all. I didn't need the money. But again, it was a proof point that I could, you know, find and create value. I should have kept them all. I should have kept them all. I should have done cost segregation. (laughs) Again, I look at it and I I look at my portfolio and even the stuff that I sold last year is up markedly. Mm -hmm. The rents still don't make sense on those single families. They don't make money. Mm-hmm. And so I look at it and just say it was a, it was right to let that thing go, even though it's worth more because I'm not in the appreciation game. I would have made another 50 had I hold it for another year. Yeah. However, the money that I took from that, that I 1031 is making me like 8,000 bucks more a month in rent. Exactly. So I I'm okay with that scenario, but to your point, it's tough. And when you sell those things, I've only ever sold one duplex, just one. Mm-hmm. And it was just because it was the, per- like you were saying, it was the perfect storm. Yeah. And it's still up 20% from where I sold it, but the yeah. rents are starting to get, they're starting to cap. They're starting yeah. to cap out. Yeah. There's a, yeah. That's going to happen. So would it be fair to say that as of today, you're, you're, you're motivated. Yeah. I guess what motivates you today? I mean, what motivates me today is um, I've spent 10,000, 20,000 hours creating a skill. Mm-hmm. What motivates me today today is still utilizing that to make money. And mm-hmm. to, to help a problem, you know, we don't get top of the market over top of the market rents for a lot of our places. So I'm still part of the solution of creating affordable housing. Yeah. Um, and I know for us, like, it's hard to tell everybody no, mm-hmm. um, but it's, you, you give that up for that one, you can hear the joy in their face, in, the, in their voice when they're just like, thank ah, you so much. We got yeah. it. We Thank got one. So, yeah. Yeah. so, you know, yeah, I, I'm struggling with this. And I've, I've said this in other interviews, I, the why, right? What are you doing? What are you doing? So for me, I'm trying to anchor on, on, I'm trying to help, you know, a million people kind of move in this direction. It still doesn't feel real. I'm comfortable saying it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't have the same motivation to add more units, right? I am going to build an yes. ADU this year because mm-hmm. I want to try something different. Uh, I talked about my ADU numbers yesterday morning. That's going to happen, but it's it's more about seeing what else is out there, right? So, um, yeah, I got I got I I don't have that same fire that was you know in the beginning that fear based fire that I just wouldn't stop. It's 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 just different. I don't know. It's weird. I I mean I I do get that. Like you, get, I mean that's the thing that you and I talk a lot about off camera, right? Is how many. Yeah. What's the number? Right? Is it I enough? Still don't, I mean, we're at, I think 117 now. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see 200, yeah. but I don't know. I, I, don't I have know. no idea. I, I really, truly don't know. It really depends on, you know, how deep the crash is, how bad things get, you know, mm-hmm. other, so we started looking at, you know, nonprofits and things like that, that we can try and help out and, you know, mm-hmm. potentially get housing. Mm-hmm. And then because we know buildings, because we know how to maintain them, setting up, uh, setting up something for them where they can put, you know, it's a, maybe a older hotel or something like that, that someone's just like, you know, after COVID, I'm ready to just get rid of it. Mm. That makes a perfect place for yeah. people who are low, no income to be able to go stay, but it has to be properly managed. If you want that asset to not, you know, be worthless mm-hmm. in 10 years. Yeah, exactly. But so we're working, we're kind of investigating with nonprofits and trying to have those conversations with them, you know, Hey, what would that look like? How do you think we could help? 
Mm-hmm. What's funny is the biggest sticks in the mud are the towns. Yeah, exactly. The oh, towns yeah. just don't want to play ball. No, yeah. Well, where can people find you? Because you're doing amazing stuff every single day. Thanks, Mike. Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube, Lumberjack Landlord on Instagram, and 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time live stream after Mike's daily financial news on one rental at a time. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike.